looks like a void of black. There's a portal over here. Let's talk about some spooky shit. Bad Texas accent. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> Everybody what? makes fun of me. Do it again. <laughs> Can you hand me the pan? It's like, girl, no, you still got it. Very much a Michigan accent. Mm -hmm. Very, very much. Anyways, hello. Welcome to... (laughs) Welcome to Violent Delights. This is Savannah. And Jerrica. Fuck me, I'm Birdie. (laughs) (laughs) You knew I was going to record. I knew. I should have known. You should have known. I thought you were recording earlier when we were talking shit about the things our husbands believe. No, but. no. But um, I did start recording when Elizabeth, or Birdie, was showing us her Michigan accent. Would you Would you like to... Parked cars. Packed cars. Love it. Give me that pan. We have a friend who lived in Michigan for a while, and she swears to God that she doesn't have her Michigan accent anymore. She now has a Texan accent. No. Nope. No, no. And Christina, we're talking about you, in case you didn't know, if you're yeah. listening. Uh, you very much have a very heavy accent, and we are just talking about how when I hang out with you, especially if we've been drinking, I pick up your accent for like so two to three days. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll get back. She'll be after. like, hey, me that jaw. And I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that pig. Oh, God. Anyways, what's up, ladies? Hey. It's, been? it's hoodie weather. I'm it super happy. It is hoodie happy. weather. It is the and fall. cozy sweater today. It is PSL season. Yep. Well, kind of. And now it's. And what is next weekend? <gasps> Jerrica's 30th birthday party! That's right. With Mikey. And Mikey, Mikey. as well. Yeah. He's turning 33. 33. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Yeah. He's an Fun. old man. He is. Does he have a fra- favorite dessert? Cheesecake. Okay. Yeah. See, that's like, like, like Yeah, because we usually get them cheese, like a big thing of cheese. Yeah, that's right. I share. forgot about that. So yeah. I probably need to pick something like that up. Also, I was thinking about like surprising him. Oh, nope, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I was like, to the podcast. It'll be after. It'll be after. We'll talk about it offline. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We're not going to post this till after. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so I was thinking about driving up to his work on his birthday since it's during, like, a work week. Uh, no, I'm not going to just walk in and give him a BJ. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Maybe What's an HJ. You need a babysitter? Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about just go, going and, like, bringing a cake or cupcakes or something just to, like, surprise him. Yeah. Yeah, so. But I got to work out a deal with some of the girls he works with so they can help me, like, sneak into the building. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, what's what's new with you guys? How was your Halloween? It was good. I was, I'm doing, I guess I'm going because it's my, my reunion tour, my, my last final lap of my 20s. I've been doing a lot of nostalgia things. Uh. So I did... We did Cosmo and Wanda for Halloween, which was really fun. Um, and we went to the movies, and people... I went to the bathroom, and while I was in the bathroom, Joseph was in the hallway, and people were, like, walking past, and so he said, are you waiting for Wanda? Like, people were just, like, asking me, like, different things like that. Aww. He did, like, a hipster version of Cosmo, which was really cute. Um, but, yeah, Halloween was lovely. Good. Good. Yeah. What about you, Birdie? Um, I just bought new bed linens. Oh, so, living well, a very exciting those, life. Those, um, those pillowcases. Or yeah, crocheted those I pillowcases. crocheted pillowcases. <laughs> um, there is a before and after. It got better. It did. Mistakes were made. <laughs> um, and I'm redoing a dresser right now, which I love redoing furniture, so I'm in my happy place. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. I, should, I want to see a before and after. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah, we have a very exciting uh, episode for you guys today, or at least I think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um it is over, I guess, phobias and fears. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we will go ahead and get started with Jerrica. Hi, I'm Jerrica, and I'm doing Thalassophobia, which is the fear of dark and open water. Yep. Because I fucking hate open water. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. <laughs> Drunk Birdie loves it. Big <laughs> fan. Nope. Jerrica is always like, I'm out. Yeah. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. So Yeah. It is the fear of any type of... Uh, it differs from aquaphobia, which is the fear of any type of water. Blasphobia is the persistent fear of bodies of deep, dark water and what exists below the surface. Interesting. I know. Ooh. Yep. So I'm actually doing... I'm not going to go into the phobia itself. I'm just actually going to do a spinoff story from that that is kind of 
my nightmare. And Ooh. it is the disappearance of Tom and Eileen Lonergan, most commonly known as the inspiration case for the basis of the movie Open Water. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Okay, background and story. Tom was 34 and Eileen 29. They were a couple that met at their alma mater, LSU. Eileen took a liking to scuba diving and convinced her husband to join in on her hobby. The couple taught in the Peace Corps in Pacific Island country of Tuvalu and then in Fiji with plans to travel the world before heading home. They were determined to dive the Great Barrier Reef, which that sounds horrific to me. Me too. Mm-hmm. There's the so middle many of the creatures. Ocean. The middle, ugh, I know. Sharks? Mm-hmm. The middle of the ocean? Absolutely not. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of predators around the... Yeah, because there's so many, like, fish and, you know, species and stuff. It's like a fucking, like, charcuterie board. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shark couturier board, get it? (laughs) And moving on. (laughs) So they aborted a diving boat on January 25th, 1998. Um, The boat was known as the Outer Edge, and they were headed for the Great Barrier Reef for the day. The couple spent $160 for a five-member crew um, to take um, a small group out for three dives along the reef. So, 40 miles offshore, following their third dive of the day around 3 p.m. 40 miles offshore. Can you imagine being that far away from land? And I mean, you look and there's nothing but blue. You can't even... That would just be so disorienting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, following their dive around 3 p.m., they were last spotted swimming calmly a- approximately 12 meters down. The boat crew had mistakenly miscounted in their head counts and had left the couple stranded unbeknownst to literally anyone on the ship. Um, search efforts included everyone from Navy to civilian and various watercrafts as well as in the air overhead. So resurface evidence. So this is stuff that came, was found like offshore, like floating um, afterwards. So, um, the day after the incident, the crew brought out another tour to the same area, and a diver found six dive weights resting on the bottom along the reef. So, it is speculated that they might have still been alive at this point when the dive weights were found the next day, as they could have used their empty dive belts after releasing the weight to bind themselves together. Um, It appears they may certainly have survived the night due to several months later, a fisherman 100 miles north of the dive site found a dive slate, which is a notebook of waterproof paper slash a little, like, almost like a dry erase board um, for note-taking. And so it stays on the board until you, like, deliberately, like, wipe it off. And it had the following eerie message. Monday, January 26th, 1998, 8 a.m., to anyone who can help us, we have been abandoned on Aiken Court Reef by Marine Vessel Outer Edge on the 25th of January 1998 at 3 p.m. So they were saying that was the last time they were seen. They were abandoned by this vessel. Please help us come to rescue us before we die. Help. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. Continuing on with more resurface evidence, a wetsuit in the size Eileen would have worn washed up in North Queensland in early February. Scientists tested the barnacle growth and measured the rate of growth of the barnacles on the zipper, estimated to be from the date of their final dive. The wetsuit had tears along areas most likely that were caused by the, the coral. Oh. One of Eileen's fins, inflatable dive jackets with the names of the couple and their air tanks, still buoyed up with a little bit of remnants of air, washed just north of the Port Douglas dive site that they were last seen in. None of these items showed signs of damage to suggest they did not die from a shark attack, like um, open water suggests. Um, so obviously that was like a more like Hollywood version. Um, mm, yeah. But it was a theory. Experts also speculated that drifting helplessly back and forth on the tides in direct intense heat, the couple may have been driven delirious by dehydration and have voluntarily struggled out of their, like, you know, heavy, yeah. um, like, life vest and all of that. Well, and you're, after you're in water for so long, your skin just starts to right. slough off. And, I mean, they hadn't, you know, they hadn't been eating, obviously, so they're probably weak and disoriented and yeah. all of that, probably passing it Running out. Running up against coral and... Mm-hmm. So without the buoyancy provided by their their dive jackets and their wetsuits, they would have not have been able to tread water for very long. So the next category I have is called, so how bad did they fuck it? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Outer Edge, uh, the skipper, the captain, was named Jack Narn. 
um, said that he had ordered a crew member to count and that the numbers had become confused because two passengers had jumped into the water halfway through. So I guess they, like, recounted them. No one seemed to have noticed that two sets of diving gear were missing as the boat headed back towards Port Douglas after the dive. Um, There was no alarm raised the following day when the Outer Edge returned to the same spot where those weights were found. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually, like, the person who found it was like, ooh, bonus, found some weights, not realizing that, (laughs) which is like, ooh, that sucks. Yeah. There there was, like, a weird crossover, too, right, in the crew? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't go too far into, like, there's, I want specific certain It was like um, somebody was supposed to be there. Like, the skipper was supposed to be there, and he was gone that day, and so... Like, oh, the like normal checks covered. and balances mm-hmm. that they were supposed to have weren't they quite there. They very lax. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you'll see. There's all kinds of weird-ass shit. It wasn't until two days later when Narn, the captain, found a bag containing the Lonergan's wallet and passports on the boat um, that the alarm was raised. Tom and Eileen would probably already have died at this point. So this two days later after oh, they two were days. left. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. So an interesting fact I found was following the Lonergan's death, In 2002, Queensland health and safety inspectors created new regulations in safety, as they fucking should, and did safety protocol inspections on 59 dive shops in the area, and a total of 76 notices were issued for failure to do proper head counts, proper dive logs, or lookouts, which were the main issues that were highlighted three years earlier in this incident with this couple, Mm -hmm. which is like, homies. Get your shit together. So, like, they were all talking about how, like, tourism suffered, as it fucking should. Like, who wants to go out, you know, this is a, this is, like, one of those things where it's, like, a freak fucking accident. But also, like, there are systems in place for a reason so that that this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so scary. As I'm, like, thinking about, oh, my God, we're going diving on our honeymoon. No! (laughs) Yeah, but you'll be able to see. It's not like diving at night. Which, to me, is even more terrifying when you know you can't see, but you're just so vulnerable. And you know that there's things out there that can see. Well, and from below. And from below. Out of your own element, too. Uh Drunk Birdie loves it. Yeah. So next, I'm going to go into theories and the resolution of the case and trial. One of the theories, they made it safely to shore in the isolated far north and have yet to be found, which I feel like is, I mean, maybe possible because they were privileged, they weren't, like, rolling in dough from what I could find, but they were privileged in the fact that they worked, they worked in the Peace Corps, they, you know, they could travel right. around the world, uh, yeah. So clearly they could, they had money in some sort. So that was one theory. So that they like purposely did this to um, escape? Or? They, no, I think it's probably was just like they were left and then they just made their way back, um, somehow made it back and just like left their life. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Um, so another one was they staged their disappearance and were picked up by a boat in the area. That's, that's the one I've heard recently. Yeah. So rumors spread that they had faked their own deaths and sped off to a new life in an unidentified game fishing boat observed roaring away from the dive site on the afternoon of the disappearance. Um, so sightings of the Lonegans began pouring in from all over Australia, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not really sure how much of those were, like, credible or, like, were they you know, all investigated and then they were all bullshit. Who knows? Another one of the theories, which is this one had a lot of information because of the trial. Um, They were troubled and killed themselves in a suicide pact. Um, Mm. So excerpts from the diaries of which, LOL what? Diaries? Also, like, there are easier, more convenient ways to go. Yeah, I would feel like that's a lot of extra work. Yeah, you're literally paying this, like, extravagant amount of money. treading water for God only knows how long. So excerpts from the diaries of Tom and Eileen were used as evidence in the trial that they had died by suicide um, in the incident. So on August 3rd, 1997, in... Uh, this was in Tom's diary. Less than six months before the fateful trip on the outer edge, Mr. Lonegan wrote in an entry, quote, Like a student who has finished an exam, I feel that my life is complete and I'm ready to die. As far as I can tell from here, my life can only get worse. It has peaked and it's all downhill from here until my funeral, end quote. The entry was in character with the rest of his diary. Tom was like, what? Okay. Um, another one, this is from, both of these next two are from Eileen's diary. Um, quote, Tom hopes to die a quick and painful death, and he hopes it happens soon. 
Tom's not suicidal, but he's got a death wish, and that could lead him to what he desires, and I could get caught in that, end quote. Wait, so he wants a quick and painful death? It said pain. It said pain Lee, so maybe it meant painless. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think yeah, it was one was of those like, things what? where, like, they couldn't read her handwriting. Oh, okay. And so, okay you know what I mean? Because it had, like, the little, like, spelling. Interesting. Okay, so I didn't know any of that. Right, and but... so that was the thing. The, the parents and the families of the victims were, like, obviously pissed because mm-hmm. it was, like, completely taken out of context, which, like, I thought it was interesting to put these in, but also, like, that's fucked up. Like, anybody can say... I probably... Like, hello, we were all middle school. You yeah. know as fuck. Like, we well, probably said some dumb shit. Honestly, oh, sure. that reminds me the most of... Have y'all seen Secondhand Lions? Oh, my God, yeah. The two brothers. They yeah. they kept saying, like, we want to go out, like, on an adventure. We right. Go. Like, guys that are really into big, harrowing adventures like that, that's what they say. Right. Like, yeah. I want a big, quick... I love that movie. Extra yeah. Kind of. yeah. So he was probably thinking, yeah, I'm going to go out, like... In a plane ride, or right. you know, jumping out of a, a plane in my parachute doesn't work. Like, yeah. well, I mean, literally, they they were exploring the world and right. traveling all the time. And worked with the Peace Corps. They also started to try to paint the life that they like hated their jobs and like they wanted to kill themselves. So they're like, who hasn't said like fuck my job? Like, right. you know? and not only that, clearly their jobs allowed them vacation time. Right, <laughs> right. If nothing else, like they got to do what they they weren't right. They traveled a much. lot. Yeah. Okay. So another um, excerpt from Eileen's diary was quote: "Our lives are so entwined now, and we hardly we are hardly two individuals. I am still Eileen, but I am mostly Eileen and Tom. He is mostly Tom and Eileen. Where we are now goes beyond dependence, beyond love." End quote. Which I was like, what? You're so dramatic. That is. <laughs> so, another theory. They were attacked and eaten by sharks as they were swept to sea or tried to swim to safety. So, we all know that's based off of the open water theory right. in the movie. Um, Shark-infested waters being on the dive along the Great Barrier Reef makes that plausible. But, again, like, their gear wasn't. Showed no signs of it, you know. Um, there's a lot of different tests taken. Um, I mean, the timing was right, like, as far as, like... I mean, they were right in the middle of the ocean along the, be- the reef. There most definitely were sharks, but they said that they thought there would be more signs to show that, whether that's, like, something damaged or, you know, whatever. Right. So they're just saying that the clothes that they found didn't, like, indicate whatsoever that there was, like, an animal attack? No, it only had... It's almost like they, again, like, they peeled them off because they were, it was still intact. It had barnacles growing on it. Mm-hmm. It had, like, scratches along as, like, they were diving, not necessarily, like, they were fighting anything like, off, yeah, right, you know? And, yeah, it wasn't, like, ripped or torn in anything like that. There wasn't even punctures in, like, their vests, which you would be most definitely wearing over your wetsuit. Mm-hmm. There was no punctures in the tanks. Like, they were still floating. They had a little bit of air. Um, so, yeah. And then the last theory was Thomas and Eileen Lonergan were drowned after the dive boat left without them, stranding them at sea. So, again... Um, that's plausible, obviously, because, you know, you would eventually run out of energy, you'd be, you know, you oh, would yeah. eat, you'd be di- dehydrated, mm-hmm. I mean, all kinds of, you know. So weak. Like you said, your skin would be, like, so soft and raw. Right. Yeah. And then you'd be, like, sunburned. Right. Yep. And, yeah. You'd be and you'd dehydrated. you'd most definitely pass out at some point because, you know, dehydration and all that. And especially, like, I wonder how fast the dehydration would be solely because, like, if she took off her wetsuit... I mean, you're exposed completely. Also, you're taking it, you're in salt water. You're, that's drying out your skin. Mm-hmm. You're in the sun baking directly. That's drying out your skin. You know, like you're halfway, like you were saying, like you're getting all pruney. So it's like you're wet and yeah, then you're drying in your face and, wait, you know, in and out. Just in very extreme circumstances. Yeah. Oh, so horrible. Um, so then finally, conclusion of the trial. Um, Jack Narn, again, the captain, was on trial for manslaughter charges for the incident. In the trial, the defense's strategy was to destroy the reputation of the couple using the diary excerpts to argue the couple were suicidal. In the end, it proved effective and Narn was found not guilty of manslaughter, but the company pled guilty to negligence, which pushed them out of business due to mounting fines and legal fees. Yeah, I mean, because they wouldn't have been able to even try to attempt any type of suicide if all those checks and balances yeah, were in place. Yeah, right. So I'm sure, like, I, I didn't look into this part of it, but I'm sure her family, um, each of their families, got, you know... A settlement. S- right, yeah, 100%, just because of, like, the incident in itself. And then, like, I'm sure that after 
the government did those inspections and stuff. They got more fines and more things. So I'm sure they probably got more money because that, that's like class action lawsuit kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? Like where you could sue the, the whole tourism industry, you know, the, the whole diving safety as a whole. So yeah. So yeah, before I'm finished, I want to make sure that I say my sources. So the sources that I use are the Carnes Post, the Guardian, all that's interesting.com, and um, theage.com. And again, this is the disappearance of Tom and Eileen Lonergan. Uh, that was awesome. I hate the open water. So no, I mean, like, what would you, you even do in that situation? You'd be fucked. Yeah, you'd 100%. die. Would you, so, so would you try to, do you think you would try to, like, sit and wait for somebody? Or do you think you would no. try to, uh, like, swim out and no. try to find land? I feel like I would honestly, be, you'd be so fucked because you can't, like, overexert yourself. You don't know mm-hmm. how far out you are. You're disoriented. You know there's got to be no nothing, land. There's, I mean, close. there's nothing to, well, like, Even to if you find, you. like, an island of coral or something corals razor blade sharp yeah Yeah, fucks up and then like you have like maybe a flipper or something but again you're gonna be cold you can't get oh yeah because the nights would get yeah and again you're sea breeze you're in the middle of the water if you're on like this island you sea breeze there's no cover that's why i'm just like you're so fucked yeah there's nothing there's nothing you could do to like get a vantage point Mm-hmm. And then there's just there's so nothing. many predators and things floating beneath yes. you. Yeah. And they're going to, like, nip at you and shit. Well, you know, there's that theory, like, NASA was started to explore the ocean. And there's that theory that NASA found something in the ocean was like, fuck this. Nope, and then immediately bro. was like, we got to get to space, y'all. <laughs> get we got to get out of here. <laughs> we need to start looking into getting out. I believe that. That megalodon. Yeah. It's fucking octopus. Is that going to come back? Megalodon? Maybe. Maybe. Do we know? Maybe. What is in the Mariana Trench? Our next episode. Might be. Speaking of, Savannah, I believe you're next. I am next. Yes. Thank you for the introduction. She looks so nervous. (laughs) I am so... I'm sorry. She took a Benadryl. I took some Bennies. Ayy. Flying high on a Benny. (laughs) That's what me and Michael call them. We're like, you want to get crazy tonight? You want to go take some Bennies and go to bed at eight? Oh, yeah. Anywho... So, yes, okay, so my, <laughs> okay, so the story I'm bringing you guys today, it's based on fears and phobias, is, uh, I'm sure you guys all know, like, what one of my biggest fears is. Is it aliens? Is it aliens? It absolutely <laughs> fucking is. It is. Real quick, my sources are YouTube channel, Ted Ed, episode, Why Can't We See Evidence of Alien Life? YouTube channel, do not know how to pronounce this, so I'm going to spell it, K U R. Z-G-E-S-A-G-T. Oh, my gosh. In a nutshell, the Fermi Paradox Part 2, Solutions and Ideas, Where Are All the Aliens? And then, of course, Wikipedia. Nice. So I'm going to begin by explaining the Fermi Paradox, which is basically the lack of evidence for extraterrestrial life that we currently have, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist. So the reason why this is such a big fear of mine is because, I mean, the fact that our universe is so large, so expansive, I mean, it can be infinite and we would never know, which leads to the fact that there are infinite possibilities of extraterrestrial life. And who's to say none of that has come here and come here to study us. Right. And examine us and abduct us. <laughs> right. Examine us. I, I understand that because, like, so I'm scared of alligators, right? Mm-hmm. But if an alligator grabbed me and drug me under the water, I could fight. I could do yeah. something to try to get out. Yes. Because I know, like, there's a way back to shore, right? You get abducted by an alien. Even if you fight that motherfucker off, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You're in, you're in a, space. Yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Because that is my fear. Like, <laughs> you're like, fucking suffocate. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, my thought is, is like, my thing is, is I, the things that scare me, I like to study a lot because I feel like (laughs) the more you know about your enemy, the more likely you could survive if you're put in that situation. That's right. You can't survive something you have, you would question everything. You woke up and an alien is probing you. You would have so many. So many questions. You you wouldn't even know where to start. Do you have dreams of this? No, I don't. Do you dream of owls? No. (laughs) Um, but I will get into all of that. <laughs> okay. Um, so, aliens. Okay. So, basically what I'm trying to convince you guys is that it can happen. Uh, alien abduction can happen. I think it might ha- have 
happen already. I'm not saying that it happens to everybody, like, all the time, like, it's a really frequent thing. I'm just saying it, it, it's a possibility. So the Fermi paradox is an apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence of extraterrestrial life and the various high estimates of their probability, primarily suggesting that intelligent extraterrestrial beings are extremely rare and that the lifetime of such civilizations is so short. So they do exist, but in our lifetime, we may not see like yeah. evidence that they exist. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the, the period of time a society takes to be a technologically advanced enough to time travel versus the time it takes for them to go extinct is very close. Exactly. And so, like, the YouTube video I watched with the TED-Ed, the lack of evidence, basically that's what it explains. So in the past year, the Kepler Space Observatory found hundreds of planets around nearby stars, half a trillion planets in our galaxy. So if only one in 10,000 has conditions that might support a form of life, that could still mean 50 million planets have the potential to sustain life just hmm. in the Milky Way. So that in itself, you know, we could have a neighboring planet that we haven't even discovered yet that has aliens on it. We, uh, Earth didn't form until after, until 9 billion years after the Big Bang. So there are planets that could have actually formed shortly after the Big Bang and have lived for millions or trillions of years I've had many different life forms and many different technologies and things like that have been able to time travel or time travel throughout space and stuff, but have like self-destructed before yeah. we were even mm-hmm. starting even our probably own life didn't realize that it was some like novel thing, you know, and just kind of like forgot it mm-hmm. or couldn't really understand that they could do it. Right. Or so maybe they it, just you know? weren't interested right, yeah. in discovering other life forms. Maybe they were just happy being on their little planet, you know? And, it's not a far stretch for me to believe that we're completely oblivious to something important. Hello, climate change. <laughs> you know? Right. Like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there was this whole other thing, too, I was researching um, called filters, where, like, different civilizations, um, there's several different filters to, like, um, where life forms can basically bypass and advance. And one of the filters is climate change. So there might have been a lot of other planets that went through that and didn't survive it. They didn't mm-hmm. take it seriously probably the filter we're going to die in. Yeah. Tight. And so, yeah, they just didn't make Love it that. far enough. Th- this is interesting because, I mean, obviously there are cave drawings and things like that of, like, UFOs and stuff like that. So who's to say they haven't come and visited, but maybe it was just maybe not right now, maybe several years ago. Yeah. Uh, when we were still in our infancy and not understanding technology. Or dropped by and we're like, oh, okay, done. They're like, like you uh, know, they're like, very yeah. insignificant and boring. Like, we gotta yeah. get out of here. <laughs> we might be the boring stop. Yeah. They uh-huh. haven't even figured out wheels or fire yet. Yeah. Um, We gotta get out of here. Yeah, they only have two legs. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and so, you know, it's a big possibility. So yeah, many other planets could have formed many years earlier than ours, giving them several more years of lifetimes for uh, to produce, develop, and deploy advanced technology. Uh, this could have taken place in Earth's infancy before humans even had the intelligence or the knowledge that we do now. Literally, there could have been millions of years ahead of our technology and our understanding. Just on Earth alone, we were able to witness how dramatically technology can progress with just the last 100 years. And I know we were discussing this before we started recording, but how, like, literally, like you said, Brady, back in 1940, you know, the the change in technology from now is, like, incredible yeah versus maybe 1900s to 1940s within that 40 year time span do you want me restate that theory yeah sure okay so the theory is basically like if you took somebody from like the 17th century and you dropped them into like 1960 they would have a hard time adjusting but it wouldn't be anything catastrophic because the same ideas and principles were still like slowly evolving with Mm -hmm. them Right. However, if you took somebody from like the 17th century and you dropped them in to like 2020, they would have a massive panic attack and they wouldn't be able to handle it because the technology advancement from the 1960s to to date is the greatest that we've ever seen in the history of the world before that. So like the 80 years we've had this tech, not even 80, was it 60 years Mm -hmm. we've had this technology, the technology advancements have been going forward, have been greater than all the past history combined. Yeah. Before that. Which, I mean, it blows my mind because I think about like my grandma and everything that she's lived through. And now she's able to like text me through her phone and we can send pictures. And like, that's a far cry from what life was like when she was born back in the 1930s. Where like, I mean... 
the introduction of like cars and vehicles and things like that like right. I mean, it was just dawning at that time. yeah my great grandma had a car that when they got to hills they would have to drive backwards up because the way the the oil filled into the motor was all gravity driven and now you can call a phone uh, a car to you through your phone yeah if your cars you can drive themselves yeah. They can it's get insane. flat tires and keep going, like, yeah. self-diagnose. It's crazy. They can park themselves. It's insane. So, yeah, Brady, that is a great theory. So, if there is advanced alien life forms and technology, why may they have not quite revealed themselves? For example, like, why have we not received electromagnetic signals as a means of communication for other life forms? Here are some theories. One super intelligent being may actually have taken control over the entire galaxy and wiped out all other intelligent life forms capable of communication. And maybe they've cut off communication because they are concerned with communicating maybe with somebody else who could be a competitor. Okay, so like a Thanos. Yeah, pretty much. Like they're not searching for any other intelligent life forms because they're afraid if they find us, it's... You know. That's valid. Um, I've met humans we would completely try to wipe out. You think? Oh. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Was that District 21 or whatever? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You're pretty much right. So, yeah, basically, um, you know, there are other intelligent life forms that are just like, I want to be left the fuck alone. Also, another theory is that there are advanced civilizations, but typically when they're that far advanced, they tend to self-destruct hmm. um, because they are unable to control the advanced technology that they create. So another one is like Thanos, like a lot of times they're creating more and more technology, more advanced, but they don't understand the destruction capabilities yeah. of it. So maybe they have tried to reach out and were unsuccessful. Hmm. New means of communication that we haven't developed or understood yet could be a reason why we haven't heard from anybody. Maybe they are trying to reach out to us and communicate with us. And maybe we just don't have the technology to receive that communication or understand it or decipher it. Hmm. Other civilizations may have a means to communicate with technologies far more sophisticated than our means of communication right now, which is mainly of electromagnetic waves. Right. So maybe we're just really on a small Basic. Field. Yeah. <laughs> communication could also be taking, taken, like, could be happening on a different realm that we're not looking at. So communication can be taking place in the recently discovered dark matter, mm-hmm. and we just haven't found a way to decipher that yet. Which would make sense. We're three-dimensional beings, but we live in a four-dimensional space, so mm-hmm. if they're still using fourth dimension, we wouldn't even see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't even register to our brains. Exactly. Or that communication is actually happening on a way smaller scale than what we are used to. There could be the fact that intelligent life has actually reduced itself to a more microscopic size to reduce its carbon footprint on its own planet to save its environment. Yep. So that kind of reminded me of the movie Downsize. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a theory that some aliens, like, got really smart and were like, hey, listen, (laughs) we're killing our planet. Let's let's microsize ourselves. And so aliens living amongst us. So another reason why I think alien abduction or alien experimentation can happen is because, I mean, there are just so many accounts of alien abduction. Some of them aren't very credible. But I also think it's funny that um, a lot of them are so different. So I actually looked up a list of the different type of aliens people have claimed that they've encountered by either seeing or have worked with or have seen in Area 51 or have been abducted by. So this is a really fun list. So the first one is the Flatwoods Monster, which I've actually had on our list to cover for a while. But they are a tall humanoid with spade-shaped head. So it's literally, they're like, they're kind of like flat. Hmm. So like their dimensions are off. Please do that because I don't know. Yes, they're fascinating. They're actually really creepy too. Uh, the one that we are the most familiar with are called the greys. So they're the mm-hmm. gray-skinned humanoids that are usually anywhere from three to four foot tall, hairless, large heads, black almond-shaped eyes, mm-hmm. nostrils without a nose, little slits for mouths, three, four fingers, no thumbs. And they're like the most dominant alien people talk about. Right. But they're, and there are different theories on why that's the most dominant. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll have to dive into that sometime. Yeah. There is the Hopkinsville Goblin which is a small greenish-silver humanoid. Ooh, there's, a, <laughs> there's one called the Little Green Men, which are little green humanoids. Yep. Even a few abductions have referred to the green skin. No report has ever involved anything that would fit the classic cultural stereotype of, like, little green men. This one's really fun. Nordic aliens. 
So these are humanoids with stereotypical Nordic features. Tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, and have been featured in several cases of contact. We used to, because my, my oldest brother was born in Roswell, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so when we were younger, my middle brother and I used to tease him that he was really an alien because he's really tall and skinny and mm-hmm. has, like, long fingers and stuff. So that, that fits. Makes sense. So it is said that they were from ancient Earth but presenting themselves as extraterrestrials in the past. And they have moved on from living here um, to living underground, supposedly. There's also cryptozoological animals, so basically cryptids, so like Jersey Devil, Loch Ness Monster, mm-hmm. Mothman. These are there's a bunch of theories about how those are all just aliens. So what's that one? The crawler, the Fresno Nightcrawler. Night that would fit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, here's another one that we've heard of: reptilians, and then there is also which is basically just tall, scaly humanoids that are you know reptilian looking, and these date back as far as ancient Egypt. With crocodile heads. Yeah. And then another one is rods, also known as skyfish. I haven't heard of this one before. But it's an elongated visual artifact appearing in photos and video recordings. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. like the little lights in the sky Mm -hmm. and those little, like, geometric shapes that were shifting and stuff. Interesting, right? So, yeah, I thought that was a really, yeah, interesting list of different types of aliens we could encounter. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, another one is not necessarily reptilians, but one I was listening to the other day on, it was called My Horror Story on Hulu. Mm -hmm. No, was it on Hulu? Yes. So his were described, uh, they didn't have on this list, but like insects, like aliens that look a lot like different insects. Yeah. So the one he was describing looked a lot like a praying, like had a praying mantis head. (gasps) Yeah. And like weird, like claw, (laughs) claw hands. I know. You guys have to listen to that story. Okay, so now that I've gone over the fact that there's a huge possibility aliens exist, there's all types of aliens, so we don't even really know what we could consider an alien, okay? Um, Next is alien abductions. They can happen to anyone. There are recounts of abductions that come from a variety of people, children, adults, the elderly. There's there's no discrimination to race, age, religion, origin, wherever you live. It could happen to you. It could happen to me. It could happen to anybody. It could happen to my baby. It could happen to my dog. Okay? Yeah, they like cows. Yeah, apparently they do. There are many credible sources that claim they have been abducted by aliens. These are intelligent, educated, well-to-do members of society that have no benefit to their alien abduction stories. A lot of people who have, you know, claimed that they were abducted by aliens, I mean, these are allegations that have, like, ruined their life, ruined their career. So there's no real benefit as to why they would tell people, like, I was abducted by an alien and probed in my butthole. Like, nobody. (laughs) Nobody gains from that. Nobody. Okay, so, like, why would they do it unless it was true? I'm not saying everybody's yeah. story is true. But, I mean, there's a, there's doctors, teachers, scientists, even entire whole towns that have claimed that they have all had experiences with aliens. Nice. So, um, one guy was a doctor on that Hulu show I was talking about my horror story. He was a doctor, and for a long time, him and his friend were camping, and they were abducted. It all kind of starts out the same way. You see a big, bright, shiny light in the sky. Right. The next thing you know, everything is kind of foggy, and you're, like, waking up, and you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Hours of time have gone by, or even days sometimes. And he went to the hospital because he wasn't feeling good. And him and his friend were too scared to even tell the doctors that, you know, they thought, okay, we saw, like, a UFO, and then we don't remember what happened because he's like, I'm a doctor. This is not things, like, doctors claim, like... I'm in my own hospital right now. If they were to, like, hear my story, they would all think I'm crazy and I'd be, like, locked up forever. So it took him years to, like, come to the realization that, like, this really happened to him. Hmm. So, I mean, that to me just leads me to believe that it would be true because why else, you know? A whole town. There was a whole town on Unsolved Mysteries right now that's on Netflix. A whole town experienced, like, weird UFO activity all in one night. I think it was on July 4th when they were experiencing like a lot of fireworks in the sky. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, some people tried to explain away that they were fireworks, but then there were a few people that were abducted. And when they came back, they found themselves like on the complete opposite side of town that they were. So that's a really great story to listen to. It's very convincing because the fact that an entire whole town all each had different experiences that one night, that leads me to believe that like that's, that's pretty credible to me. 
There are even stories of people like my dad who would never, ever, ever admit that anything weird or paranormal would happen, like, has happened to them. So, like, good old farm boys or, you know, believe in Jesus and, you know, heaven and hell and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's people like that that are like, shit, I think I was abducted last night and some weird shit happened. Also, a lot of the abduction stories are very, very similar. So, alien abductions usually include memory loss people are left with burns or marks or wounds weird pain that they didn't have before a lot of them test positive for radiation exposure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um a lot of them come back from these abductions with medical ailments abnormalities infertility or like you know unexplainable medical issues that they didn't have before. yeah like a missing uterus mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that's pretty common um a lot of people experience like flashbacks or ptsd will be triggered very randomly by like bright flashing lights or things like that reoccurring dreams that are shared by multiple people who have never even like encountered each other or know about each other can have the same like reoccurring dream night to night Sometimes unexplainable phenomena, like there are weird like metal implants found in people and the doctors can't explain that. Most people will see a bright light when they are abducted and when the abduction is finished, they find themselves waking up in like an unfamiliar position or place. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, maybe a girl fell asleep in her bed. She remembers seeing a bright light in her window, but when she wakes up the next morning, she's sitting at her desk in front of her computer going how did I get here? Like, yeah. I don't remember coming and sitting in front of my computer, things like that. Or their clothing may be put on wrong, like their shirt might have been put back on backwards or something like that. So what would be the purpose of alien abductions? So I think that I can't say I believe in alien abductions without saying that there has to be a purpose behind them. And I think it is to study and learn and probably honestly harvest our resources. If I'm being pretty frank, I don't think that there's just alien abductions like happening all over, you know, just for the hell of it. I think like any intelligent creature, you know, you want to learn about what's out there, but I think it's probably mainly to harvest resources, frankly. So here is a story from that YouTube channel that I couldn't pronounce earlier. This theory for me is probably the one that holds the most weight because it makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to tell you a really short story. So imagine the smartest squirrel that you can. <laughs> that's how it starts no matter how hard you try you're not going to be able to explain our society to it there's not any level of communication that you and the squirrel will have that's in common where you guys can communicate how our society works so from the squirrel's perspective a tree is all that that sophisticated intelligent like itself would need to survive it's got everything it needs okay but us humans continue to cut down its forest which is madness to the squirrels um, but we don't destroy the forest because we hate squirrels, you know, or we want to, like, demolish them. It's just that we want the resources. And the squirrel's wishes and the squirrel's survival are really of just no concern to us. Our concern is harvesting the resources. Another civilization with higher intelligence probably is treating us very similar to that. We're just a being that they can't communicate with or explain to. So, does it matter? They might as well just come here and just, you know, harvest our resources and... Hey, if we survive, cool. If we don't, not a concern. To me, thoroughly explains why alien abductions would happen and how they might have already happened to you. We'll never know. Sure. Did I convince you? I don't know why I'm trying to convince you. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why either. Phobias? You're, yeah, you're very passionate about I am this. very passionate. Um. I am. Because it's, it's like you said, it's my worst fear. Because right. if you wake up... It, I mean, like, I have a lot of other fears, like spiders. That's a big phobia of mine. But guess what? I've never met a spider I couldn't kill. Yeah. I also am very scared of, of heights. Guess what? I take anti-anxiety medicine when I go in an airplane, and I avoid tall buildings. Um, these are all things that I can somehow control. This this fear and this phobia, I if I yeah. were abducted and I woke up, like, on a cold metal table with a What an are you going to do? Yeah. Pretty much you just have to kind of, like accept it and hope they put you back yeah that's what I, again going back to the ocean you're fucked like yeah. you, you have do? no there's no vantage point. you you kill all the aliens fine in that examining and room what? and then what it's like you, you wake up fly and that. they've already got you you you, you <laughs> didn't stop them from getting you so you're right? already fine. that's the other thing too is i keep visualizing like if i am abducted by an alien let's when say, I'm, I'm, when okay when 
and I'm able to somehow maneuver myself out of their, like, scientific lab. And, get out like, of here, aliens! Get one of their weapons that I don't know how to understand. And I use it on them, and it works, and it kills them. How the fuck am I gonna fly their crap? Right. Yeah, where are home? you? <laughs> yeah. And like, also, what, what if they use telepathy to fly it? Like, Yeah, and then also, when I do get back home, what did they do to my body? Are the doctors even going to understand it? Or are they going to believe me? No. Nothing. No. None of it. Your best case is to try to go back to sleep. Also, yep. what do you do after that? Like, uh, you can't explain to everyone, like, oh shit, like, this is real. This yeah. is happening. People would look at... You guys would not believe me. No. I could tell you right now. No. If I were to call you guys tomorrow, I'd be like, some weird shit went I'd be down like, last night. I can't be friends with you right now. I don't want them to come back. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, clearly uh, they put a tracker in you. Well, I don't want any. I don't want them coming after me. Yeah, that's true. You're like, because I mean, I do think too that if you are abducted, that's not like a one-time thing. I think they they're a specimen that they just like you know check in on and um. Nice knowing you. Yeah. And also the other thing too is I don't necessarily you know think that maybe they're all coming from outer space. I think they're dimensional. Yeah. I think it truly can be just it, a fourth a dimension. dimension being. Yes, there's another show on Hulu that talks about that, so I'll, I'll refer it to you guys. I uh, listen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's it. Great, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you want to introduce her? Are you okay? That's lovely, Savannah. You're and... very, very welcome. <laughs> okay, David. So impressive. <laughs> yeah. And now it's Bernie's turn to tell us your phobia. Okay, so I took a slightly different twist on this. I was going to talk about I had a deep-seated fear of the rapture and being raptured when I was little. Um, <laughs> and then it just was getting really sad and going into childhood trauma. Dude, so, for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. I took a left turn on this. And instead, my topic is how phobias took down the Third Reich. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'll clap. Okay, so have y'all heard of this guy named Adolf Hitler? Uh, yeah. yeah, a time or two. A okay, cool. Well, in case you haven't, Adolf Hitler was an Australian-born German politician who became the dictator in Germany in 1933 until his death. If his name vaguely sounds familiar, he created the Nazi uh, party. He was a dictator. He uh, initiated World War Three in 39. All-around dick. Um, World War Two. I'm sorry. In 1939. <laughs> I saw the three from 30. Okay. He was he perpetuated the Holocaust and genocide of millions of Jewish All around, people. Solid dude. Yeah, kind of an yeah, asshole. People don't like him. Um, but Hitler was also a hypochondriac. He was a germaphobe. He had cyprodophilic. He was cyprodophilic, which is a fear of viruses. Um, he had a massive case of coprophobia, which is an, aver- an aversion to defecation, okay. and oh flatulophobia, which is a fear of farting. Are you serious? Oh my God. So he Absolutely. holds in all those farts. No wonder he was such an angry man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and I'm just going to cite my sources now because it sounds like I'm making this shit up. No. Hundreds of articles on it. I did NPR.org. I did a YouTube channel called World War II, uh, Psychiatric Times, and there's a really good cracked article on this as well. So it's interesting because while Hitler had a fear of both pooping and farting, he also had a fetish for scat. Um, What's that? Poop, like. poop. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh huh. I thought. Yeah. So I just wanted to try. So it's interesting to me that he was both like super turned on by and terrified. Okay, so of with his poop. fetish, he like played with Scott, or like he. What did he do with it? Oh, okay. I believe he liked, like, so. From what I read, what he preferred was like a glass table where he could see the person shitting, but he wouldn't actually be shit on. Okay. Does that help? Yeah. Just. Great. I think it's just like, it's like fetishizing your biggest fear. Right. It's like something you're... So if you're afraid of like balloons popping suddenly, like you're really turned on by like like people blowing up balloons. You're scared of aliens and suddenly you're like... You you marry a guy who's tall and skinny with (laughs) a bullpen. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Great. He might be an alien. You know, we've never dived into that theory about him. Nope. Just serial killer. Just serial killer. Cool. Ever since Hitler was a child, um, he had these, like, vicious farting bouts, um, and it would put him under great emotional distress. He would go hide 
from like the rest of society. I love the idea of that. Oh Me yeah, too. that he was terrified of his own farts. Yeah. I love it. Many believe that this is why he became vegetarian, which actually did the opposite. It yeah, made his farts worse. He reportedly would disappear to his room right after dinner and poop for hours on end, and no one oh was allowed God. to even come into his chambers during this time. He Do- had some issues. Yeah. He caused a genocide. <laughs> I mean, like, but physically. Yeah. As well as mentally. So, and then it wasn't just the pooping. He was afraid of getting poop on him, so he would, like, clean himself for, like, hours. So it led into OCD as well, mm-hmm. like, his, his fear okay. of this. So in 1937, Hitler started having what he said were debilitating stomach cramps. But the truth is, is that Hitler had IBS, and he was so scared of shitting himself in public that it was starting to cause him agoraphobia. He was becoming obsessed with the idea. He was becoming really reclusive. He was, like, missing strategy meetings and propaganda rallies. And so rumors started to circulate that Hitler was, like, weak and sickly because he was just, like, avoiding the public at all costs. Mm -hmm. So in 37, Hitler's friend recommended him to Dr. Morale, who set him up for a vitamin treatment. And Hitler was like, fuck yeah, and jumped on it. (laughs) The doctor was a socialite, and he prescribed mostly, like, psychedelics and pain medications and opioids. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he started giving Hitler a mix of opioids, including uh, cocaine and methamphetamine and vitamin D. I feel like that would make you shit more. So, actually, opiates do the opposite. Opiates cause mass constipation. And Hitler fucking loved this because suddenly he had all this energy. He had no more social anxiety, right, because Uh of the cocaine. And he wasn't shitting himself anymore. So he was like, this is perfect. And he was eating less, and so all that kind of contributed. So he loved this, and he started toting Dr. Morale around. He was, like, referring all of his friends to him. Everybody on his council, he was like, no, you have to see this guy. Like, I love this guy. And so all of, like, Hitler's commanders started to become addicted to meth because this doctor is just, like, handing out meth like crazy. They couldn't tell Hitler no, and... People under his command were realizing, like, in close contact with Hitler, were realizing, like, oh, dude's clearly high as fuck. He's tripping balls. Right. But they couldn't tell him that because Hitler ran on a campaign of, like, I'm a vegetarian. I don't even drink. Like, I'm actually very wholesome. Mm -hmm. And we're just getting rid of this disease that is Judaism. So they looked down a lot on drug addicts. And drug addicts and drug dealers were actually sent to concentration camps a lot. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't say... Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't he believe in eugenics and all that bullshit? Right. Right. We're superior. We can't get addicted because we're superior. And so they couldn't let Hitler know, like, hey, you're actually really fucking addicted to meth because he would have had them killed. So raged. Yeah. They were just like, sure, we're just going to continue feeding this to him. Right. And so, and with his like BFF being like a glorified drug dealer he started becoming extremely manic, like, even more so than he was. And his, like, strategy started to go out the window. He was known as, like, a very charismatic and engaging man. Well, now he's a fucking addict, and he's terrible to deal with, and nobody wants him around. So his strategies were becoming, like, very manic and unplanned. Hitler was becoming more and more paranoid. His teeth were starting to rot out. Like, people said he had, like, terrible fucking breath, again, from, like, meth mouth. And in 1943, it was, like, full-blown addict time. Like, he was having methamphetamine several times a day. The doctor was giving him uppers in the morning and throughout the day and then, like, downers at night so he could actually, like, sleep. And the whole time, Hitler's like, I fucking love these vitamins so much because nobody was telling Hitler, you're on meth. And he was like, whatever, I'm not shitting myself and I can leave my room when I have to fart. Like, I'm doing great. I love life right now. Oh, God. Uh, in 1945, Hitler finally figured it out, and he, like, had a big public blowout with Morel and fired him. It didn't do anything to help. He's fucking addicted. He's addicted. Point. He started to go through withdrawals. Well, one of the things the Nazi party did was they destroyed all the opium, like, distributions on the way, so he had no way of getting meds, even if he wanted them. So he's manic. He's going through withdrawals. He starts to develop a terrible tremor that, like, even the news starts to report on because he can't stop his body from shaking. He, the anxiety comes back, like, full-blown now because all of his neuroceptors are blown. Yeah. He, he starts shitting again. So it's his nightmare. He's out of control. He's paranoid. His teeth are falling out. He has bad teeth stuff, and his germaphobic brain is freaking out. He's just going he crazy on so all ends. going on. Yeah. <laughs> and what this caused is he started to 
collapse his own military. He started calling bad shots. He was sending his military into the wrong places. He sent them into Siberia in the middle of winter, which wiped out the majority of, like, the Nazi military regime. And this all had a direct correlation to him being addicted to meth. And he was addicted to meth because he was afraid of shitting himself in public, which I love. I love that. Yeah. And so he died by murder-suicide in 1945 about six months after he fired the doctor, and his corpse had reportedly had shit all over it because he'd shit himself upon death. So his worst nightmare became reality in the end. Lovely. Fuck you, Hitler. Great. Fuck you, Hitler. You deserved that. Yeah. Absolutely did. That's it? That's it. Um, I also had, like, a little background on the word phobia, because I think it's, like, super interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. So I have... One of the things I really love is I like finding out the backstories on famous phrases and words that we use like arachnophobia it was based on an old greek story of a woman named arachne who could like weave really beautifully Mm -hmm. and athena got jealous and killed her and then felt bad about it and so she turned her into a spider but like arachnid comes from her name arachne interesting see that's what i was gonna uh, one of the things i wanted to do or was thinking about doing was like looking into some of my phobias and like kind of the history behind them or like yeah uh and one of them's arachnophobia so i did not know that yeah so we get the word uh phobia from the word phobos which was the god of panic and flight and he had a twin brother named demios and that is the god of terror and dread and their father was the god of war Ares, and who represents anger, and the goddess Aphrodite, who was the goddess of passion. So anger plus passion can give you either terror or panic. And then he, Phobos, had a, a daughter with a human woman, and it was weariness. So terror plus humanity equals weariness. And I just think that's so interesting because, like, even back then they were able to distinguish, like, there's a difference between the two, mm-hmm. but their similarities too. Yeah. Well, so and the idea of like competing ideas and like layers of like um, like emotion or like feeling or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. good. So for our episode today, Jerrica is going to be taking over the palate cleanser. So you want to explain to us what the palate cleanser is? Um, so I've purposely left this very vague and then I will There's let pencils you know, at the end what it all means. So I'll be asking you different questions and then filling out this thing. Then I'll tell you what we're doing with it at the end. And then that's what we'll kind of go over. Okay. So we'll be right back. Okay. Okay. And now we're back with um, our palate cleanser. And Jerrica looks so proud of herself. (laughs) She does. So I've been talking about how it's my golden birthday. I'm turning 30. I've been talking about a lot of nostalgia, a lot of 90s things. So what better palate cleanser than to bring back our good old friend, MASH. Woo! Knew it. For those who don't know what MASH is, first off, how dare you? Second, MASH is the ultimate future teller, and the power is in our hands. And actually, wanted to take it a step further, because why the fuck not? It's our podcast. Um, I decided to create these wild-ass categories. So this is the fuck millennial version, um, and this is why... (laughs) These are the categories. So I asked them different um, things. I told them to write down three cringy ce- celebrities, three occupations they think they would be really terrible at, three animals you think should not be allowed in homes or you think may need a permit to be legally owned, um, three really cool as seen on TV or weird social media ad items, three cities or states you think have the wildest news stories, and then finally three random numbers. But what I didn't tell them were what these were for. So I wrote our names at the top. The number of letters is going to be your magic number to count through everything and then oh, cross okay. off until okay. you get one in each category. Um, and then we'll go through each of what we have. But So what is MASH stands for? It's an abbreviation for something. It's, it was Mansion Apartment Shack House. That's right. That's There's right, a lot right. of different ways. Yeah, we used to do co-mash or, it. Right. So I actually changed everything. So my MASH means something different. Ooh. My M is multifamily home. My A is alternative housing, which is like tiny home, RV, Airstream, trailers. My S is seabound. So houseboat, cruise liner, yacht. And the H is my favorite. H is hometown. 
for where you're forced oh. to live among your, the people you grew up with and around. Ew. Doesn't that just sound PG? Seeing as how we all left the fuck out of our hometowns immediately. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're going to pop off real quick and cross out and find out our fate. And then I will tell you the hidden meanings behind each category as we announce them. Okay. Great. Okay. So let's go through. Um, I want one of you guys to go first. I don't care who. Okay. Um, well, I guess we can maybe go at the same time. I can just say the categories and then all of us say what it yeah. is. Okay. So for our mashes, what are what is your housing? A. And A is alternative housing, so you're going to be living like tiny home or RV style okay. housing. Okay. okay. Mine is S. S is sea bound, so either cool. a yacht, houseboat. A cruise, oh. houseboat, yeah. Yeah, yacht. <laughs> sure, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> houseboat. Houseboat. Okay. What was yours? Mine was an A as well, so I got alternative housing, so I got tiny home, RV, Airstream trailer kind of set up which <sighs> that's really gonna suck with i better have a tiny home village coming up soon <laughs> i was like a tiny home village i need it so i can like forget a she shed i want my own little complex hmm. that'd be fun okay um so those are my a uh, or mashes and so the first category i told you to write down three cringy celebrities this was a celebrity you'd be in a long-term on and off hookup situation with oh my god isn't that great who's y'all's trump <laughs> <laughs> Ted Nugent. Oh, God. I got William Defoe. He's a piece of dick, and he's, he's fucking weird. weird. He's weird. I like how we're automatically like, but he's you got liberal. the best one. Out of all of us. I got Trump. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's real At bad. least our people would be BFFs. To be fair, she told us to write down the most cringy celebrity. No, no she didn't. She wrote down who do you want to kiss. No. <laughs> oh. So stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, nope, that's great. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but at least it's on and off, right? Maybe, like, you have strict rules, like, don't touch me, I'll touch you kind of thing. All, all of those rules would be no fun. <laughs> I, none of it, none of it would be good. But he's rich, so. Okay, yeah. Can, you know, get some money out of it. Um, okay, number two. In an RV. Ew. <laughs> Trump. Sick. Now, why the fuck do I put an RV? Just make him like a, shh, you're not talking time out. No talking. <laughs> Don't touch it with your tiny hands. <laughs> your tiny, like, orange Yeah. Hands. It's like picking like, up coffee no cups in your, like, you tiny home. You not have light-colored bedding. Because, you know, like, this orange, place is huge. It's just going to get everywhere. Okay, number two. Three occupations you think you would be really terrible at. This is your freelance part-time internship. Ooh. You want to hear mine? Yeah. yeah. Preacher. Oh. Okay. I did daycare worker. Oh, oh my no, God. thank you. No. You? I did plumbing and ma- manual labor, so Oh, that yeah, you sucks. would fucking hate that. Absolutely yeah, hate that. Okay, third category was animals you think you should not be allowed in homes or you think may need a permit to legally own. This is your exotic pet. Great. Monkey. Monkey, I knew it. <laughs> fucking mine, too. Primate. I was like, just every engine all. Primate. I did have no. a gorilla on my list, but it landed on porcupine. Oh, gosh. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Okay, um, number four, three really cool as seen on TV or weird social media ad items. This is, um, investing in this company will be what contributes to your retirement fund. Oh. Oh. Okay. What's yours? Snuggie. Snuggie. Oh, yes. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a bad. good one. Mine was those makeup airbrush guns. That you oh, see. yeah. Oh, yeah, those are fucking cool. Um, I did those grabber tools, those, like, yes. gophers. things. I fucking love those things. Yeah, I did. I also had on mine uh, the Ranko rotisserie. It was that tabletop rotisserie. Oh, my God. Like, set it in, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next category is three cities or states. You think you have the wildest news stories. This is the city where you will live. If, if you guys didn't write Florida down, then I'm sad for you. But um, yes, that's what I got. Florida. That's what I got Florida, too. I got Utah. Oh. Oh my god, I forgot to say, for one of the animals that I put, I fucking put tegu. I've been watching this, like, reptile show. Those things are fucking oh, scary. Yeah. These, like, wild-ass lizards. Yeah, they're They're fast huge. as fuck, and they're aggressive, and they'll charge your ass. I'm like, Yeah, they're, they're like big red ones, right? They're called tegus. I don't know. The ones that I saw, they're, like, they're dark green, but maybe they have, like, the other colors. But they look like they're, like, um, small Komodo dragons. Mm-hmm. Oh, or, like, okay, okay, okay. Like, around the size can, of, like, an can iguana. Can they swim, too? I don't know if they can swim. They have the nasty-ass claws. They literally look like iguanas without the, like, ridge thing on their back. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're, they're huge. They're really scary. Yeah. Um, and they're aggressive as fuck. So they're, Utah and Florida. Yeah. So Florida. Okay. And then the last category was, um, I said, three random numbers. This is the salary you make per day from your shares from investing in the company. Fuck. Yeah. 500. 
I make four thousand a day. Hey, make six dollars a day. And who are you married to? Um, I'm not married. It's an on and off again. Okay, bank. <laughs> who's your? Who's your? B- oh, okay. So like, okay. All right. Well, he's got money, and I make and, money. Four thousand dollars a day, what and else he's got he? a big dick. Okay. There you go. Um, th- thank you for saying that. But um, I have a fucking primate there with me, so that's probably where all my money's going is to like four in an RV. my space in an RV. and my tiny fucking yes, my alternative housing. Well, he has his own little tiny home cage situation. I live on a yacht in Utah, so <laughs> I'm having a lot of issues. <laughs> You invested in a Snuggie, though, so at least you're cozy. Yeah, that's true. With a monkey. <laughs> Name a monkey. How's it looking for your life, Savannah? Well, okay, I, I bang Trump randomly. Um, Make six in, bucks a day? In my ult- <laughs> Damn! <laughs> in my alternative housing. I'm a preacher part-time for fun. I own a porcupine. Oh, God. I invested you in... You want a porcupine? Yes. I invested in the makeup airbrush gun. And I live in Florida. That fits. That fits. Um, Florida. Yeah, and six dollars a day. Yeah. Isn't this the greatest match of your dreams, oh, guys? Oh, you suck. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know. It was really fun and torturing. And that's why I texted last night, like, super late. Like, you were, you doing were it. geared I was up. So you were ready to go. Yeah. yeah. I was so awesome. All right, spooky bitches. That wraps up our episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Violent Delights Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at violent underscore delights underscore pod and the same handle for TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Rate us, comment, review, all that stuff. That's how we move up and around in charts and how more people find us. So thank you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye. Bye.